Hey everybody and welcome to the 2021 second annual Critically Important Awards. Today we are going to celebrate the best of the best that 2020 and a couple months of 2021 has to offer. I am joined by my fearless co-hosts. First, she goes absolutely feral if she hears the first couple piano notes of Black Parade. It is our resident Jessica Chastain adjacent, Mallory. Also joining us tonight. If High Fidelity was based off a true character. This man has more vinyl than Funko. Jason! I could start my own Funko Pop company. I really could. <laughs> and for those that don't know, Funko Pops are made from vinyl. Yes. And Jason has a lot of vinyl records. Yeah. I and do. me, myself, also co-hosting and emceeing tonight. The number one Paddington, Airbud, Holes, Speed Racer, fan out there. Andrew walks onto the stage, monologue. Oh, so 2020, 2020, what was up with that, huh? Um, subject to joke, dangerous jokes, um, roasting everyone. Pans shots of people cringing. And then. Tom Hanks. <laughs> um, that Brendan Fraser crap, clap. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get to the awards. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Everybody, so, thank you so much for joining us today is the 2021 second annual critically important awards. We have seven categories today that we will run through highlighting the best of the best that 2020 and some of 2021 has to offer. As you know, we use the Academy voting rules, which meant that the first couple months of 2021 films were eligible for these awards and you know, we did get some votes for a lot of them. So um, very briefly, before we jump into the awards, I just want to thank everybody again for listening and give a little background on the process. We sent out a judges questionnaire to um, dozens of Academy members and they voted on their favorite films uh, and it was a rank system. So we asked people to rate their five best of each of these categories. First place got five points. Um, and then down to one point for fifth place. Then we contabulated all of the votes, and basically the winners are going to be announced today. So very similar to a system that we did last year that worked very well, as you don't know, as of you who might not have listened last year or might be listening for the first time this year, our movie of the year last year was Parasite. Which did very well. Yeah. Which won very, uh, a lot of awards last year. So very excited to jump into this. So we will read the nominations for each category as we go through them, as well as dissect and talk a little bit about the nominations. And then we will talk about the winners and talk about a little stats because we know everybody loves stats. Stats, 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 stats. Uh, so with that, Let's jump right into it. Our first award of the evening, and by evening I mean 11-12 on a Sunday morning. <laughs> we, we have Best Screenplay. Yes, 
just like Barry Manilow writes the songs that make the whole world sing, these are the screenplays that make the movies come to life. <laughs> the nominations are The Five Bloods, Minari, okay. Soul, mm. Promising Young Woman, okay. and Nomadland. All right. No Hillbilly Elegy? No hillbilly Not the good or bad Terminator line. That's, that would have been a shoo-in right there. There's only two Terminators in this world. Good Terminators <laughs> and bad Terminators. <laughs> Which Terminator are you? <laughs> Bitch, I'm Christian Bale. Well, he was a Terminator. <laughs> if I was a 2020 vibe, I would have been Jai Courtney Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. Opening thoughts. Um, real quick. Uh, The Five Bloods, Minari, Soul, No Man Land, Promising Young Woman. Yeah, no right. surprises. I think Soul's going to do much better here than it would at, like, the Oscars or Golden Globes. I expect to get a lot of nominations. I think people are, are – see, I'm trying to – I usually think, like, Academy voters' minds. So I'm trying to get into, like, our voters' minds, and I think they're going to give Soul the love. I could see Soul winning this, really. I think so. I agree. Although I would love like promising young woman to win, but yeah, like for me, it's like those two. I think if I had to bet, yeah, absolutely. You know, and again, a lot you'll see um, some through lines tonight of a lot of these films because they are very, very uh, prominent films, and the voters took to them. But yeah, absolutely. I think all four, five of these films are written very well. And, you know, they each touch on, uh, like very different verticals, right? You, of course, you know, you have Nomadland, which is, you know, about, uh, basically America, right? Like a different yeah. side of America. Soul talking about the afterlife. And again, a little bit for me, Pixar has come to this point where their shtick is, what if a hierarchy, right? So like an inside out, it's like, here's a hierarchy of emotions. And then in soul, it's like, here's a hierarchy of the afterlife and stuff like that. But it was written well and well acted. Minari, just a fantastic film, um, you know, about basically, you know, sort of a vertical slice of an American dream, right? Everybody's yeah. American dream is different. And this was Stephen Yoon's character coming, um, well, moving from California to Arkansas to start a farm with his family, right? Um, and sort of autobiographical in a sense. Uh, and it was wonderful. The Five Bloods, just a portrait of the Vietnam War, how we still to this day don't treat veterans the way um, that we don't give them the help we should, as well as black veterans, right? You know, mm -hmm. that whole movie, you know, you always remember it starts and ends with quotes from Muhammad Ali and, Martin Luther King Jr. And it's like, why would I go and fight a war where I'm not called Negro? You know, I'm not called the N word and things like that. Right. And it's a very interesting thing, right? These, you know, people went over in World War II and Vietnam War to fight for America to come home and just be segregated against. Right. Which yeah. is just such a sad thing. Um, and then finally, Promising Young Woman, just a, a very interesting, out of all these movies, a very interesting one, right? Because yeah. it's a look at the vulner vulnerability of women, but also like how kick-ass women can be. But yeah. it, it's, it, it tells it in a very interesting way. Um, yeah. Carrie Mulligan's also very wonderful in it. Yeah. Um, but all five wonderful movies. Yeah, I think Promising Young Woman is the movie that benefits the most from 
the chaos of the 2020 release schedule, I think if it was released in a normal time it, during the summer, it would have gotten recognition that it's getting now. Yeah. So. I um, a wonderful movie to release on Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> Uplifting spirits. Uh, and the winner of the 2021 Critically. Do we call them Critically's? Is that like the name of the award we can give them? Or is it like... The Critic. The Critic. critic. Perfect. Oh, yes. I remember. The winner of the 2021 Critic. And it is a golden statue of the cartoon character, the Critic, sitting on a, sitting on a bed. I love it. I think, yeah. I think we have, I think we have copyright authority to do that. Is Emerald Finette. Oh, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Uh, Promising Young Woman. <laughs> Emerald Fennell, right? Fennell, yeah. Fennell, yes, 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 Fennell. yes, yes, yes. Uh, Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. You need to say that name again later on this evening, so make sure you pronounce it, yeah. Absolutely. Make sure you know its pronunciation, yeah. So how do you guys feel with that? I'm good with it. Yeah, I'm absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, that movie benefited from the writing. That movie also is interesting because it benefits from the every 10, 15 minutes saying, oh, shit, it's him. You know, yeah. like yeah. they have a lot of good uh, character actors and, you oh, know, yeah. like actors that were big back in the day. And Bo Burnham does a great job as well in like a supporting yeah. role. Yeah, that casting was so good in the fact that the men are all relatable, non-threatening type of actors where their roles are always very like women can connect with those men and the other things they do. So yeah. putting them in this movie and having them do the things they do, that was yep. like, excellent casting. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I should interject before we get to our second category. We'll skate around a little bit, but spoilers may happen as we yeah. dive in and dissect some of these movies. So I did want to make our listeners aware of that. Um, should have done that a little bit earlier. But congratulations to Emerald Fennell for and Promising Young Woman for their first award of the night. Will there be more? We'll find out. Do to do. The next categories we are going to do will be for the supporting actor and female actor. Okay. First, we will do best supporting female actor for 2020 and 2021. We had a lot of votes, which was awesome. And, well, we had a lot of votes for all the awards, but we had a <laughs> lot of different. We had a lot of uh, different votes for this one. Okay. Um, Elizabeth Debicki took home some votes for her uh, role in Tenet. Okay. You know? So okay. we ran the gambit, right? Oh, and I should mention, um, it was pretty close. One point off, uh, Promising Young Woman took it over to Five Bloods, and Minari came in third okay. for screenplay. Okay. But, yeah, so some interesting uh, cat- uh, nominations that we'll go over right after we do over our main five nominations and discuss those. Okay. So the five nominees for... Best Supporting Female Actor of 2020-2021 are Olivia Cook for The Sound of Metal, Yu okay. Jung Yoon for Minari, Maria Bakalova, Borat, Amanda Seyfried, Mank, Dominique Fishback, Judas okay. and the Black Messiah. Okay. okay. Open Ow. up to you guys. I'm actually shocked that Olivia Coleman's out of this out, out, out of this list. Like she's the front runner at all the other awards. So I'm just wondering if people just haven't gotten around to seeing The Father or downloading it or whatever. That's not a real movie. <laughs> Everything about that movie was made in like a, a like a chamber 
You look at that yeah. poster and you're like, this isn't real. Like, come <laughs> on. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Olivia Coleman did get a couple of volts, but not a lot. Not okay. enough. She didn't even beat out Kiki Lane for the old guard on Ooh. a Netflix original movie. <laughs> Oh, wow. So, yeah, our nominations and, like, who we nominated ran the gambit, which is awesome because, yeah. like I said, yeah. you know, we aren't sort of, like, Academy voters, so we will vote for a lot more movies that, yeah. um, you know, some, like, I don't want to say the average moviegoer might watch, but, you know, more I'm so wondering than, if people stuck with certain movies like The Sound of Metal and, like, Judas and just nominated them across the gamut. I guess we'll see as the evening goes on because, like, like I said, Studios haven't been able to curate movies as perfectly as they wanted to, and and you know, people have been been able to like find movies on their own more. So I'm curious to see if like people found their movies and then just like I said, didn't really care about prestige or you know like career awards, like you know you know like uh, what do you call it like the tribute awards in name only, you know the honorary awards, you know like you could say Joaquin Phoenix won last year because he never won before stuff like that. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's probably, because there's less of that kind of chair, I'm sure, I don't think there'll be many of those kind of votes, as it seemed to me there were last year in our awards. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I think, I think people stick to some movies and we'll see these movies, like I said, throughout the gamut of, of you guys, the that we see. You guys don't know this, but Jason's parent has a framed still of Vigo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali on stage from a couple years ago winning their <laughs> award for Green Book. <laughs> right right over their fireplace. They were very excited about that one. Every every place their long standing uh crash uh, <laughs> Oh no. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Um yeah, Mallory, what do you think about these nominations? Um real quick again, Maria Bakalova. Yu Jun Yoon, Olivia Cook, Dominique Fishback, and Amanda Seafried. I mean, I love that we ran the gamut, but the one that I'm most excited about is Maria Bakalova. I love that she made it onto the list because yeah. she really does kill it in she Borat. Does. She's so good. She does. Yeah. She is wonderful. I do want to shout out Amanda Seafried, um, great in Mank, um, as well as Yu Jung Yoon in Minari. Yeah. And again, Olivia Cook was wonderful, right? Like it's that really that movie really is a vehicle for Riz Ahmed, um, yeah. and I think Paul Ritchie does uh, a, a wonderful job in supporting actor as well. But you know, like Olivia Cook really has to you know basically bring uh, a strong amount of weight to that relationship, right? Um, because he does a lot of the things for himself, but he also does a lot of the things for her, right? Because he wants to continue to stay in a relationship and things like that. So, um, but she's wonderful. But I also love to see that, um, uh, Dominique Fishback made this list, right? Yeah. You know, she does such a great job in Judas and the Black Messiah. And I really am glad that the, the judges gave her some love. Yeah, absolutely. But there can only be one winner. Mm-hmm. And the winner, for Best Supporting Female Actor of 2020-2021, and who will be taking home the Golden Critic, which, if you press the button on it, John Levitt says something very funny. I don't know what that is, but it is. It's a surprise. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a surprise. (laughs) And the critic goes to Maria Bakalova for Borat. Uh... And then in second place with votes was Amanda Seyfried for Mank. Okay. And then in third place for votes was Yoon Jun Yoon for Minari. 
Um, so three fantastic performances, Absolutely. as yeah. well as Olivia uh, Cooks for Sound of the Metal and Dominique Fishback. But like I said, we got a very uh, a, like a lot of interesting nominations. Again, you know, action movies really did um, well. Like you know, modern day movies. You know, uh, Maria Elizabeth Weinstead got a couple votes for her role in Birds of Prey, which was okay. awesome. She did a fantastic job. I love her. She's a fantastic, fantastic actress. Um, you know, Marissa Tomei got some love for the the King of Staten Island. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, um, Elizabeth Debicki, you know, got some love for her very long legs in Tenet. Like, guys, <laughs> you guys don't remember, but she's in the back of an SUV, and she unlocks the front driver's side window door with her legs. Mm-hmm. That's acting. That, that is there's nomination right there. That's acting in that one way. Yeah. Um, as well as Helena Zengal for News of the World, which, okay. you know, that's a name that we'll probably hear, you know, in years to come because she's a fantastic young actress and excited to see more films there. But like you both mentioned, Maria Bakalova just does such a wonderful job yeah. um, in Borat. And again, yeah. that movie does not work without her, I think. It doesn't. Because right. Sasha Boren Cohen has got into a place of recognition with Borat that even in disguises, the shtick can remain. But introducing a new character to do your shticks with is so important. And not only that, but she brings the brevity and like the sort of emotion to that character as well with a lot of the sketches. That's more nuance to, to the Borat movie that otherwise wouldn't be there. And again, because of the fact that so many movies got pushed back, this is another movie that probably if it was a normal year wouldn't get the recognition, at least at least not her. Could have maybe gotten a screenplay nomination, you know, like the first one did, but not her, I don't think. So she definitely benefits, and deservedly so. Absolutely. Absolutely. So congratulations to Maria Bakalova. Hopefully this will translate into um, award shows outside of ours, you know, yes. the Golden Globes, as well as maybe the Academy Awards. That yeah. might be a Future nominees for other movies after this, you know. Hopefully I hope so. A long career for I hope so. Our third category of the night is Best Supporting Actor. The nominations are Chadwick Boseman, The Five Bloods, Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah, Paul Ratchie, Sound of Metal, Aldous Hodge, One Night in Miami, Leslie Odom Jr., one night in Miami. All right. Ooh, what a fun list. Yeah, yes. so far this is the most uh, Oscar-like so far. I think yeah. the, the most likely transfer to what we'll be seeing come Oscar time. Uh, save for the double nominations for One, one Night in Miami. Um, again, the only thing I'm a little surprised about, not really, is that Sasha Baron Cohen didn't get it for The Trial of Chicago 7, but I don't think that's a movie that will translate as well to our voters as it will for... Oscar voters, you know? So, mm-hmm. I think this will be Daniel Kalua. If I had to pick one, I think he'll get it. Interesting. I'm pulling for Chadwick. But see, you see, he's got, he's got Ma Rainey, and I think if you're going to give him one, I think you give it for that performance, because that was a stunning performance, you know? And I, and I, you know, I think the, uh, the Five Bloods was really Delroy Lindo's movie, more so than Chadwick's. So, But we'll see. We'll see what that happens here. Absolutely. Um, like I said, yeah, all wonderful performances. Um, One Night in Miami is really just a 
uh, acting powerhouse for those four individuals, right? So we're probably going to see a lot of awards for them and hopefully Regina King as well for directing, which is, you know, awesome. But the winner of Best Supporting Actor of 2020 slash 2021 and the winner, more importantly, of The Golden Critic. Holding it up, showing it to everybody, opening an envelope, is Daniel Kaluuya, Judas oh, and the Black ooh. Messiah. Um, coming in, coming in second, Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami. And coming in third, Paul Ratchy, Sound of Metal. Um, so three great performances. Uh, like I said, Daniel Kaluuya. It's interesting because you would think that that's a, like, you know, he plays Fred Johnson, right? Yeah. But they frame that film from a standpoint of, like, Keith Stanfield's character. Yeah, it's just so, the whole thing, yeah. Yeah, so it's he's definitely a supporting character in that sense. So uh, if he does get nominated for supporting, is he up for supporting in the Globes and the Academy, too? Yes. Well, okay. they have Academy nominees yet, but he's up for supporting in the Gold Globes, and that's what they're campaigning him as, the studio is, so... Okay. He's just electric in everything he's in. Yeah. Like, he just has, like, his, he's a fantastic actor, but just, like, his face. Like, he just has that face, right? Of just, like, yeah. very stern. And he also does this thing where he tilts his head, and you know it's over. Whenever he tilts his head, he, and he looks <laughs> at you. Um, yeah. Like, he played a fantastic bad guy in Widows. The he remake did. of Widows. He was wonderful in that. Obviously, Get Out, um, as well. And Black Panther. Last, last, not last year, but the year before. What was it? The, the kind of, uh, ooh, Bonnie and Clyde, but through, a Black. Oh, Clyde. Queen and Slim. Queen and Slim, yeah. He was good in that movie, too, I thought. Yeah, he's, he's a great actor. And like I said, someone that I feel like we will see a lot more nominations come through as the years go on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just absolutely wonderful performance. And, uh, yeah, congratulations to Daniel Kaluuya. So before we get to the final four categories, we wanted to take a moment. Last year, during the first annual Critically Important Awards, we inducted the first actor into the Critically Important Hall of Fame, which I don't want to be hyperbolic, but out of all the rings of honor and things like that, if you make it to the Critically Important Hall of Fame, that is the highest honor. As you know, our first inductee last year was one Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Um, since he has gone on to find, find the Pfizer vaccine, uh, be nominated for 75 Emmys, uh, you know, he's just running the world now after he was nominated and inducted yeah. into yeah. the critically important Hall of Fame. So, Today, we will be nominating a second person to join Danny DeVito in the Critically Hall of Fame. You know, we had a lot of talk about this, right? As you guys know, a little behind the scenes, uh, we have a group chat uh, that we have, that we bug each other in every day. Um, and in that chat, we always throw out nominations of who we should, you know, uh, who should add, right? Um, Army Hammer didn't make the cut this year for some reason, uh, but... Uh, <laughs> he cannibalized his chances. Let me just say that. Oh, okay. 
Um, I need to drink your blood. Why the distance? <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we always love having fun and we really think about who we put into this hard, right? So very excited to announce that the second inductee to the critically important Hall of Fame is Eugene Levy. Um, that's right. And Jason actually came prepared with a few, a few, because like I said, Eugene Levy has a very historic career. Um, and you know, uh, he even has a subreddit devoted to him. Um, are oh, Eugene Levy jump scares? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jason, talk to us a little bit yes. more about Eugene Levy's filmography, a little bit about the man, the myth, the legend. All right. Eugene Levy was born in Hamilton, Ontario on December 17th, 1946. Canada? Yes. And while attending McMaster University, his career began when meeting legendary filmmaker Ivan Reitman. And from there, he was cast in a Toronto production of Godspell, along with Victor Garber, Gilda Radner, Martin Short, and Paul Schaefer, launching his and their careers. From there, he became a legend as a cast member of Second City and of SCTV, which ran from 76 to 84, and also it gave us John Candy, Catherine O'Hara, and, again, Martin Short. And he even won an Emmy for his writing in that spectacular TV show. His film career took off in the mid-90s, writing many films with legendary filmmaker, actor, and writer Christopher Guest. Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, A Mighty Wind, are just many of the films that he's worked on with him. But he may be best known to American audiences with his performance in the legendary comedy American Pie, where he is known as playing the dad who walked in on his son having sex with an apple pie. <laughs> and on August 9th of 1983, he bequeathed the world a son, Dan Levy, who decades later would help him co-write and co-star in the now classic TV show Shit's Creek, which is literally sweeping every award right now. In fact, if it was a movie, he'd be, they'd probably be sweeping these awards. And on top of that, he starred in such prestigious, legendary, classic, spectacular movies as National Lampoon's Vacation, Splash, Father of the Bride 1 and 2, Multiplicity, Holy Man, The Ladies' Man, Down to Earth, Josie and the Pussycats, Like Mike, Bringing Down the House, New York Minute, Cheaper by the Dozen 2, Taking Woodstock, and of course, Finding Dory. It's for this, these, and many other career achievements that we are honoring Eugene Levy with his induction into the critically important Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Amazing. Of course, you know, we also like some of uh, all time great run of movies with Waiting for Guffman, but, Best yeah, in Show. Like, those films are just absolutely, absolutely hilarious. Like, I can watch Best of in Show five times in a row. Um, it's so funny and he is just incredible in it. And again, I think that A, he's hilarious. B, his eyebrows are incredible. And you know, that's one of the just impeccable. Him and Martin Scorsese just sitting in a chat together would be my, like a godsend. But, and, but C, there is just something about both Danny DeVito and now Eugene Levy that when you see them on screen, 
you just get happy, right? Eugene They're just two Levy. actors that you're just like, oh, Eugene Levy, I love him. Yeah. And, you know, Danny DeVito, I love him. Yeah. And, like, of course, Schitt's Creek was just phenomenal, right? And yeah. he always plays a great, you know, right as of now, right, like after American Pie, that dad figure, right? Yeah. And he just does such a wonderful job at, like, comforting and warming you, like, when you watch yeah. it. Like, watching Eugene Levy act. Yeah, it's like a big blanket. Great great analogy. Like, it's like a big weighted blanket when you watch Eugene Levy act yeah. because he's just funny, heartwarming, and now a critically important Hall of Fame inductee. Amazing. Yeah. Congratulations, Eugene, Eugene Levy. Levy. Do, our nominees get, our, do our Hall of Fame nominees get a special critic statue? Oh, absolutely. It's a platinum critic statue. Oh, platinum. Okay. Oh, platinum critic statue. Um, I was just thinking one of Michael Fassbender naked from Shane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that just shows everything molded in pure gold. Uh, but congratulations to Eugene Levy. Let's continue. We have four more categories left. Um, for a recap for those listening. We had, did Best Screenplay, which was run by Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. We did Best Supporting Female Actor, who, which was won by Maria Bakalova for Borat 2. We did, we just did Best Supporting Actor, which was won by Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah. Four more categories. Things are heating up. And by heating up, I mean this next category was the closest when it okay. came to voting. First, second, and third place were all decided by one vote each. Ooh, okay. Okay. And this category is Best Director. Okay. The nominees for Best Director are Spike Lee, The Five Bloods, Chloe Zhao, Nomadland, Lee Isaac Chung, okay. Minari, Regina King, One Night in Miami, and Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. Ooh. Ooh. It's an interesting one. It is an interesting. David Fincher, I thought he would have been a shoo-in for this. You know, just on his name alone. Like, I, I feel like, because I feel like in the award season... I think the battle is going to be, do you give it to David Fincher? It's like a legacy award, and he did great direction on it. Or are, do you, are they going to get, give it to a woman and finally recognize women in filmmaking? I think that's going to be the battle. What a uh, statement. Finally recognize women in filmmaking. I know. I, I know. How, how uh, gross is that, right? It is, it's incredibly <laughs> gross. Uh, but I, I think that's what, that's what you know, Academy voters, I think, are going to choose. That That's going to be what they're going to try and go back and forth on. Uh, you know. I think because I think with after reading these nominees, I think it's going to be Chloe Zhao. I think she did great work in No Man Land, and like Spike Lee did great work. But you know, it's not. I don't think it's his best film directing. Lee Isaac Chung, I think, is somebody that could take it. Uh, but I, I think this is Chloe. I think it's hers to lose. To lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Um, like at this point, even with my parents who casually stream movies and stuff like even they were talking about Nomadland and awesome yeah great film Chloe Zhao fantastic director her last film The Rider was also very very good yeah Uh, she's also directing The Eternals for Marvel 
coming yeah. up. I, I, I read something where they said that she apparently did a great job on that movie too, and they like they love what they have. So, but oh, that, I that, bet that's in that's in the internet. So, of course, you know, don't believe everything, but that that's kind of what I've oh, been yeah. hearing. Yeah. Wait a second. So I shouldn't take Tom Holland at face value when he said he didn't like his performance in the Uncharted movie. <laughs> what a weird thing to say, little Tom. Uh, that's another discussion for another day. Maybe he meant Sherry by mistake and got the movies confused. Yikes. <laughs> Tom Holland. We're gonna have to have a conversation about him one day. I'm, I was never. On, I was never. I, I was never on the train, and I don't know if I'm getting on. Uh. But yeah, some other directors that were nominated before we get into the winners. Uh, Lee Waddell got a lot of love for The Invisible Man. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah, rightfully so. A fantastic film. And Lee Waddell has been doing it for years now, right? Just making high yeah. quality. Um, a couple years ago, he made a fantastic action movie called Upgrade, okay. which just ruled. Uh, obviously, you know, he worked, he was in Saw 1. Uh, you know, so that's amazing that, you know, he played, uh, that one of the characters and saw one and he does a great job as well. So just consistently just doing wonderful work, uh, Lee. So I'm glad he got some love. Uh, Christopher Nolan got a couple nominations for his work in Tenet. Um, Pete Doctor for Soul grabbed a couple nominations. Okay. Okay. Um, again, a, a very interesting one. Um, Two very interesting ones, actually. One was um, Kathy Yan got some love. So one of our judges maybe really loved Birds of Prey, which is awesome. A fantastic film, right? Like, Birds of Prey was wonderful. I think I know exactly who that was. I love it, you know. (laughs) Birds of Prey was a wonderful film, so I'm glad it got some love. Um, Also, a film that we haven't talked about a lot, but maybe... Uh, we'll hear a little bit more about in the next upcoming categories. But Eliza Hitman also got a lot of love for Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, which was a fantastic mm-hmm. film. Um, so very excited that, to see. I think that one just poor timing on that movie. Like, not only was it released at the beginning of the year, but it was the, like one of the last weeks before COVID shut down every single movie theater. Mm-hmm. And I think awarded the love it otherwise would have gotten. And I think if that was where they had held on to it until the end of the year, I think we would be even hearing even more yeah. about it, which is a shame. Yeah, and I didn't like that story you sent in the group chat about it, like a voter saying uh, that they didn't want to watch. Although never watched because of their abuse of abortion. Yeah. Yeah, like that's that's weird to me. Also, granted, the Golden Globes also nominated Emily Paris after like hundreds of them were flown out to Paris. Yeah. to stay in a hotel for weeks, right? Yeah. Like, so it's sketchy all around voting yeah. in general. But not our vote judges. Our judges are not no. tampered with in any way. These are the real awards voted by and real have, people. And we have representation, too. That is true. Some academies, yeah. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. So one more time, the five nominees are Spike Lee to Five Bloods, Chloe Zhao, No Man Land, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Emerald Fennell, Promising Young Woman, and Regina King for One Night in Miami. And the winner is Regina King for One Night in Miami. Yes, yes. With the most votes, Regina King took it home. Um, Second place was Spike Lee for The Five Bloods. And third place was Chloe Zhao with No Man Land. And like I said, these were all separated by one vote. So it was a very, very close category. Um, which is awesome, right? Like, Regina King is just an all-star at everything she does, right? Just a fantastic actress. Modern Night in Miami was a fantastic film adapted from the play, from a stage play. Um, and, like, just awesome to see her take that home, right? 
Yeah. Uh, just, uh, awesome to see her. You know, she's always been a fantastic actress and like, you know, always been, you know, critically important to us. Uh, but it's wonderful to see her win this category. So congratulations to Regina King for taking home her first of hopefully many, um, golden critics. Hopefully you can put it next to your shelves of other awards. Your Emmys and your Oscars. Right. Next, we get into the final three categories of the night. All right. The first one being Best Female Actor of 2020-2021. Again, a lot of votes for a eclectic group of um, women this year, which was just absolutely wonderful to see great, um, you know, representation across the board for a lot of different genres too, from action to horror to drama, which is really, really cool, right? And like I said, that's why I really like our awards format because yeah. it lets anybody shine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I think because of the, the, the kind of slate that 2020 gave us, I think people gravitated more towards those kind of movies, the horror, the action, like, you know, Hollywood wasn't able to curate you know, you know, what kind of movies that people content. Would they, yeah, they were able to shove it down our throats, but they weren't able to curate the kind of content that they want us to see for award season. So people, you know, have the opportunity to recognize Invisible Man, Birds of Prey and stuff like that. So it's really good to see. I, I, but I'm wondering how in future awards, you know, future critic awards, it'll translate. But yes, absolutely. So um, the five nominations for best female actor are. Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Elizabeth Moss, The Invisible Man, Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman, and Frances McDormand, Nomadland. Okay, okay. I mean, I wouldn't be angry at any of these. Um, This feels like, wow, what a great representation. Incredible list. All five of these are just wonderful. And again, I th- I believe some carried their movies a little bit more. Like personally, like I thought Pieces of a Woman was just okay as an overall film, but Vanessa Kirby really did a fantastic job yeah. um, in that film. And it's, you know, I love to see her on that list, right? Um, that being said, before we um, talk a little bit more about the nominees, again, lots of great representation here. Um, we got uh, Kristen Milotti for Palm Springs got a couple nom- nominations. Um, she was wonderful. Um, of course, uh, Margot Robbie got a nomination for Birds of Prey. Love it. <laughs> Uh, Sydney Flanagan, uh, from Never Rarely, Sometimes Always got some love, which was wonderful. Yeri Han from Minari. Yeah. Um, Zendaya got some love. Mark, um, Mark as, yep, absolutely. So, you know, yeah. a lot of great things. And like I said, Zendaya has been killing it, you know, with both, uh, Euphoria as well as, you know, some of these films. Um, again, in a movie that I might not have particularly cared for in Malcolm and Marie, but right. her performance was wonderful. Yeah. Um, you know, she's just a great, fantastic actor. Yeah. But what's, what's interesting is like Viola, Vanessa, Francis, and Carrie kind of seem to be the four actresses that are being nominated for everything and then each award shows but that's announced their nominees so far has had that grab bag like who's the fifth and yeah. for us you know since we're not afraid to recognize horror movies and stuff like that it's elizabeth moss who gave a wonderful performance that i think should be rec- getting more recognition than it has been for sure yeah so, so good yeah she's just a constant out of the park yeah 
like type of actor, right? Yeah. Like whether it's these small movies like um uh Shelley, um yeah. or you know, bigger films like The Invisible Man, um, or whether it's comedy or drama, she's just absolutely incredible in everything she's in. Um obviously Viola Davis was fantastic. Yeah. Um, as Ma Rainey. Um, you know, again, Carrie Mulligan, right? You know, you find the right actor for the right screenplay yeah. and magic happens, right? And again, say what you will. I guess we can, you know, talk about it a little bit more, um, in this category than, um, the last one. Oh, I guess maybe we can save it for the end. Um, a little bit of a spoiler, but, uh, you know, like, it's sometimes movies might not be, you might not like a movie as much as others, but you can know that a actor is like doing a lot of work to, you know, really anchor the performance in their film. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Five wonderful actors. And again, Vanessa Kirby, right? Like awesome work, right? Like, um, like I'm not going to lie. Like when I first saw Vanessa Kirby, it was in mission impossible seven. Right. And, you know, she just she's done a lot before that. But Mission Impossible 7 and my first impression, you know, again, haphazardly was like, wow, like she rules. Right. Like she's gorgeous. She's amazing in this film. She's playing the daughter of a character from Mission Impossible 1, which rules. Um, And then, you know, she was sort of the side character in Fast and the Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. Right. You know, playing a very samey, you know, like, look how, you know, great this person is type of role. Um, but to just see her in Promising Young Woman was just incredible. And like I said, I'm not 100% sure that that film wor- works in every level, but her performance certainly does, but as I- well as, uh, <laughs> as well as, uh, um, the opening act of that movie as well. I love it. Jason's doing some Blair Witch uh, camera angles over here. <laughs> my phone, my uh, phone's spazzed out. Yeah, I, don't know I love that. it. Yeah. Um, but no, but, she, but Vanessa Kirby that was, was great in The Crown too. I can't let that comment go without mentioning The Crown. She stole scenes in that in that TV show and that in the season yeah. that she and she was magnificent in that. That's awesome. Um, but alas, while these are all winners in our heart, there can only be one winner of the the Golden Critic. And the winner of the 2021 slash 2020, uh, best female actor and the winner who will take home a golden critic to put on their shelves is Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, um, you know, Promising Young Woman, a polarizing film to say the least. And we can talk more about these films as holes in the best picture category. Um, but, you know, not to be understated by, but she did a wonderful job, right, of just playing that, um, you know, that type of role. Um, and congratulations to her, as well as, you know, in second place was Viola Davis for Ma Rainey, and in third place was Frances McDormand for No Man Land. Okay. Uh, so those were the top three. Again, we got some love for a lot of great actors, you know, running the gambits. Uh, you know, a very surprising one. Uh, was Andrea Riseborough for a film named Possessor, which was a high concept horror film by David Cronenberg's son. Uh, you know, where you basically morph into somebody else's body to perform, um, an assassination. So like they are assassins, but they jump into other people's bodies to do the hit oh. so they don't get in trouble. And then she basically gets stuck in this guy's body. 
Um, and it's like sort of body horror-esque, um, very brutal, very violent, um, you know, works well in some ways more than others. But again, like I said, it's awesome to see like these types of films being represented um, in the awards category. Hey, man, somebody even gave Charlize Theron some votes, right? Theron some votes. So for the old guard, right? Somebody really loved the old guard. One of our judges really loved the old guard. And like, <laughs> hey, you live your best life, right? Yeah. Um, so congratulations to Carrie Mulligan for hopefully one of many awards, a wonderful actor. I recently just watched The Dig on Netflix, and she was fantastic in that as well. So just a great actor who whenever you see it, something, you're like, oh, wow, you know, Carrie Mulligan. All of these actors really, in all honesty, like are people very similar. Like when I see them in something, I get excited, right? Um, so congratulations to Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. Our next actor, um, actor, our next category will be Best Male Actor. Um, again, a wonderful category uh, with very diverse nominations um, across the gambit. So I'm very excited to talk about this one. The nominations for Best Act- Male Actor of 2020 and part of 2021 are Kingsley Ben-Adir for One Night in Miami, Delroy Lindo, for The Five Bloods, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Stephen Yoon for Minari, and Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal. What a great list. That's a great yeah. list. Yeah. What a great absolutely. list. Yeah. A great um, reputation in that oh, category. Absolutely. Like, uh, like I said, just like probably my favorite list of the night. Because yeah. all five of these actors did such a yeah. sensational job uh, in their films, um, right? And, yeah. of course, obviously, you know, Chadwick Boseman, um, posthumous award. Uh, unfortunately for our listeners who might not have known, Chadwick passed away. Um, in 2020, which was very sad, right? Just, and we talked about it on one of our shows, um, an incredibly, um, impactful actor and just what I've heard from other people, um, just an overall incredible human being. So definitely a huge void, but to go, you know, for his last performance to be something as powerful and as, um, shoal shaking to the core as his character who just has so much contempt and hate built up inside of him yeah. um, for a world that really has shunned him. Yeah. Uh, just fantastic. And to put um, someone in a performance when you're not, when you're, you know, when most people wouldn't be able to get out of bed probably to be able yeah. to find the strength to give your heart and soul. And I, I think I remember reading Vail Davis said that, you know, made between takes, you just eat, he looked sick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To find that re- that reserve resolve in you to just dig deep and give a performance, you know, and leave that kind of for that to be like your curtain call is just impressive on so many levels. It really is. Yeah, one hundred percent. And what a well deserved award if he becomes the winner. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, going I'm happy to- for Delroy too because he's been getting snubbed a lot, which I'm I'm shocked for. Like I, I wouldn't be shocked if like the Five Bloods in general wasn't getting nominated because it'd be like, oh, that came out in August and the typical, you know, we don't recognize movies past, you know, that were released before September or whatever. But for that movie to be getting a lot of nominees and for him not to be is frustrating, really. Especially yeah. to carry that movie, you know. So I'm glad he got, I, like I said, I'm glad he got 
love with, with uh, our voters, you know. And then the, like I said, the rest are great. Uh, you know, Stephen Yen, Riz Ahmed, you know, all all carried their films. Yeah, could... absolutely. Like you know, Sound of Metal was probably my personal, and we could talk about some of our personals next uh, in the Best Picture category if we like. But Sound of Metal was like my personal favorite film of 2020 and just Riz Ahmed does such a incredible job and the whole cast does of course. Right. Um, but just his performance is just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And like I said, Kingsley Benadir in one night in Miami, right? Like again, I, you know, I was born in 1990. So I, you know, uh, like of course wasn't around, you know, like for Malcolm X. Right. Um, so (laughs) it's like, but like, when you see it, like, you know, of course, you know, I grew up, you know, with Denzel Washington's Malcolm X, Spike Lee's Malcolm X, right? Yeah. So, like, it, you know, I watched videos of the real Malcolm X speak, but, like, a lot of my recognition recognition of, like, the, who he was and things like that have come from film, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And, like, he does such a wonderful job as Malcolm X in this film, right? Yeah. Uh, and just like the mannerisms and everything and just like, again, that film really is just, you know, what's better than this guys being dudes, right? Just yeah. like these four guys just talking and you really need to have great performances for that to work, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I read, a, I read an article that, that, uh, I kind of agree with that it's actually nice to see a movie like One Night in Miami be such low stakes. Where it's just four dudes talking. We're used to seeing like black films is trying to, you know, is always trying to be important, and that's great. Right. But it's, we're, it's nice that we're at a time where people can just, you know, make movies that, you know, don't feel like they have to carry the weight of the world on their shoulders. They need to do great dialogue, great filmmaking, great writing, great directing. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, you know, very similar. Both this and Ma Rainey's based on plays. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, Regina King's direction, uh, critically important winner, Regina King's uh, direction, uh, you know, really lends to this because this one plays a little bit different than a Ma Rainey, which really just translates that play to the screen, where this one's a little bit more, I don't want to say movie-esque, but, you know, it does a little bit more, even though it really is just like four or five locations you know, yeah. when people talking very similar to Ma Rainey, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Just a wonderful film. And Stephen Yoon, right? Like yeah. Stephen Yoon is such a wonderful actor and yeah. it's so great for him to begin seeing some awards recognition because, you know, he's carried a lot of the things that he's been in previously. And then he's done a lot of character roles where like in an Okja or a burning, you know, burning such a fantastic South Korean film from a couple of years ago. Um, and it's great to see him, get more recognition not only that but bring and elevate a story about you know korean immigration and you know like things like that and put that in the forefront which is just wonderful yeah um before we get into the winner a couple other uh people that were nominated uh a film that i really loved and i'm glad got a lot of votes actually very missed out by one vote being in the top five actually was ben affleck for the way back um, yeah, part of me was kind of yeah. hoping that movies would would you know a lot of movies are getting postponed to next year just so that Ben Affleck could get nominated because I guess <laughs> that it was a very low stakes performance but it was a, a really good performance you know that was that was a performance I was I'm always reading to get nominated but I know won't be you know 
Mm-hmm. But uh, he, he deserves like, at least recognition for the work he did in that movie, even if it's not like through, you know, not award nominations. You know? yeah. Agreed. I mean, if he doesn't get the award for this, he at least deserves an award for throwing Anna de Armas' cardboard cutout into the trash. Yeah. Please, that was Casey Affleck. Ben would oh, never do. Right, ben would right, never do. Brother. Ben would never do such thing. Ben's busy <laughs> getting his donkeys. Yeah, there, there's a award the for uh, Starbucks or best Dunkin' Donuts customer. He'd win that award probably every year. You know? yeah. I mean, it does help that you can like blindfold yourself and swing a baseball bat and hit five Dunkin' Donuts. You know, sure. like uh, there's a lot of them in Boston. Yeah. But um, awesome to see him. John David Washington grabbed a nomination for Tenet. Somebody really loved Tenet. Love it. Gary Oldman got a couple uh, nominations for Mank. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen for Another Round, a fantastic film. Sasha Boren Cohen for Borat's subsequent movie film. And then, I don't know about this one, but Tom Holland for The Devil All the Time. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so a lot of... I'm surprised nobody nominated Lakeith Stanfield for Judas. Yes. Uh, you know, we did actually... Let me look at Best Supporting Actor. I think the key... Was it one of those guys where people got confused and maybe... Yeah. I think we got, yeah, we got one for the Keith for best supporting. So, you know, um, just like Another a, actor who I, who I know probably won't get nominations this year, but deserves incredible one at some points. Absolutely incredible. The Keith Stanfield, at least can't, the Keith Stanfield, absolutely incredible and everything is. And they were like, Hey, we're remaking Willy Wonka. I'm like, hell no, you're not. Not if the Keith Stanfield's not Willy Wonka, you're not. Like he like, would be we've perfect. Had so many, we've had so many jokers that it's sickening, but when he campaigned, for it to be the Joker, I was like, I will watch another Joker movie just to see the Key Stanfield. Well, we have Zack Snyder's uh, Jared Leto coming, so please yeah. hold, stay tuned. <laughs> Crown of um, But <laughs> absolutely, <Joker H>. Christ. <laughs> right? Absolutely wonderful nomination of categories, but um, the category that was the least closest in terms of voting. Ooh, okay. Okay. Interesting. The, and the award for best male actor of 2020 and 2021 and the winner of the Golden Critic goes to Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. All right. Um, that made yeah. my warm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I'm, I'm happy for this award season because I'm like last year uh, where basically you could predict who's going to win every single time. Like you knew, you knew who the four were going to be before the award season started. This year, I think it's much more a toss-up, and that's exciting, but I think this is, in the award season, would be the most, like, in the bag, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, you know, Chadwick's performance was very soulful and, you know, uh, very poignant, and just, you could see, it's such a cliche term, but you could kind of see that he was putting it all out there, right? Like, Mm -hmm. he knew that maybe time was coming, and just, like, you know, especially that final scenes, those final scenes in that film, uh, just... Very, very sad that he was taken too soon. Um, but just an incredible performance. Um, second place was Delroy Lindo for Defy Bloods. Okay. And third place was Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal. Um, and then rounding out the top five was Kings Benadir, Kingsley Benadir, excuse me, and Stephen Yoon from Minari. So awesome, awesome category. Um, well done on the voters. Um, fantastic nominations and congratulations, um, to Chadwick Boseman, who, you know, right now is smiling down, like, you know, being like, holy shit, a golden critic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, very excited, um, uh, up there in heaven. So, 
The final category of the night. Um, some might say the quote unquote big one, uh, is best picture. Um, I have no idea. So before we go into the, um, before we go into the nominations, you know, um, let's spend, I want to spend like five minutes, you know, just talking about, you know, because we didn't really talk too much about our personal, um, films, um, and favorites of the year. Like, did you guys have a standout favorite film of 2020? You know, I mentioned that Sound of Metal was mine. I really loved Wolf Walkers as well. Um, from an animated standpoint, um, which did get a, get a couple nominations um, for Best Picture. But um, D- Mallory, did you have like a, a clear favorite of 2020? Yes, I definitely did. Um, and it got no love tonight. But my favorite from 2020 was Emma. Autumn Emma. Okay. Yeah, Autumn DeWilde's Emma was my favorite. I think I've rewatched it like five times this year. <laughs> Fantastic film featuring an actress that might not have been nominated, but 100% will win many, many awards in her future mm-hmm. in Anna Taylor-Joy, just yeah. a sensational actor. And she was great in The Queen's Gambit. Oh, incredible. Oh, she was so good in Queen's Gambit. Yeah. And amazing in Emma and wonderful yeah, in The Witch. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was so good. And I, yeah, she really captured the essence of Emma very well. Um, yeah, but that movie. movie was just beautiful to look at. It felt like you were in a painting the whole time, but it still gave you that kind of, yeah. uh, cheekiness that Jane Austen likes to pepper in. So yeah. it was, it was a wonderful adaptation. Wonderful, wonderful film. Yeah. Jason, what yeah, about you? I, I guess for me, like, there was, there wasn't a movie. Uh, like a Parasites or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where I just like fell in love with them instantly. Uh, like you know, like like my favorite movies, like the Paul Thomas Anderson movies and all those movies where you just watch them and you know, like this is this is immediately in like my top ten, twenty movies of all time list. You know, but like I said, I love Soul. I I love a good Pixar because I'm just a sappy dude like that. <laughs> uh, like I said, I love Borat because it came out of nowhere and it took me to you know, a nostalgic place and, you know, not my youth, but my college years, you know, and when you're in quarantine stuck in a hellscape that was 2020, that kind of stuff comforts you a lot. Uh, you know, yeah. And like I said, the five bloods, it was a great movie. Uh, you know, uh, no, no man land, great movie. A lot, a lot of great, great solid movies. A lot, of, a lot of great four to four and a half star movies out this year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We know how frugal just, uh, Jason is with those five stars. <laughs> like, God forbid he just hands him out. You know, God forbid he just hands him out. You know, some movies that didn't get, that didn't get some love that I really loved. Um, First Cow was a wonderful film yeah. that I really, really yeah. loved. Um, David Byrne's American Utopia was just a fantastic oh, I, concert I saw film. Show live. That was something to see live. Um, wonderful show. Okay, just rub it in, Jason. Jesus, wow. <laughs> oh, you didn't see it live? How the fuck does it make your top 2020 list, Andrew? Jeez, man. Um, Actually, I had a better experience because I was sweltering in the hot Texas sun on a on a on an October afternoon. So, uh, one that I really wanted to give some love and got, you know, uh, uh, not for best picture, but it was nominated for. Uh, Samara Weaving did get one nomination for her role in um, Bill and Ted Three. Yeah. Um, another fantastic actor, Samara Weaving. Um, just a wonderful actor. Um, and even some small movies like The Vast of Night was a fantastic, uh, like 1950s. It played like a radio, uh, drama. Um, just very small scale, like, yeah. uh, uh, invade, not an invasion movie, but like 
not even an alien movie, but like, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but they think they see a, see a UFO and then people start calling into the radio station. Just wonderfully atmospheric, wonderful, uh, first time movie. Again, another fantastic documentary. Dick Johnson is dead. Just absolutely hilarious. Uh, you know, another round with Mads Mikkelsen. Incredible. I still uh, see that. I've been hearing great things about that. Oh, movie. amazing, amazing, amazing. Like I said, uh, you know, a bunch of guys read an article that say if you keep your blood alcohol content level at a, like point something throughout the entire day, you operate at peak performance. So it's just them drinking all day to stay, you know, at that peak level. And it's just fantastic. You know, I want to shout out Driveways, you know, um, another fantastic independent movie. Um, shout outs to the late Brian Dennehy, who also left us in 2020, a great actor, old Bill Callahan from uh, Tommy Boy. Yeah. Uh, you know, just lots of great movies. The Small Axe filmography, you know, we got five new movies from Stephen McQueen last hey, year. Do Stephen you consider McQueen. those movies and not episodes of a TV series? That That's the big debate. No, I consider them movies. Um, you know, what is, like... What is a, you know, like a TV series versus a movie, right? I like, know what film Twitter's been going at it, that's for sure. Yeah, that is true. Like, again, <laughs> I think they're movies. They're all self-contained, you know, just because they came out on Amazon, you know. So, you know, and again, some movies that Jason mentioned that, you know, like, you know, that didn't get a lot of love, but like were wonderful. The Assistant, um, Bad Education, Bad Boys for Life was wonderful, um, you know, just a lot of great movies that came out last year that, of course, you know, might not Sonic the Hedgehog movie that didn't suck ass. Yeah, I loved Sonic the Hedgehog. That was surprising. That was a fun he, movie. Um, you know, um, and some, like, great genre films like She Dies Tomorrow, you know, The Wolf of Snow Hollow, um, Freaky. Freaky was a great time as well. You know, um, Baccarat. Like, just a lot of great genre films last year. So, just a great year for movies. And like I said, a... a a different situation, of course, all around for film, right? Um, with the pandemic and everybody being inside and things shifting. And of course, those ramifications are going to last forever. Um, and we don't have to talk about that today. You know, it's been a topic covered on like the last three or four shows, but, um, you know, it's wonderful to see that stuff. So with that, the five nominees for best picture are Soul. Sound of Metal, Promising Young Woman, Judas and the Black Messiah, Defive Bloods. Thoughts, concerns, questions. Did the judges get it right? Were these the five best films of the year? And slash 2021. Judas and the Black Messiah snuck in there, right? That it just did. came out on yeah. HBO Max. So yeah. people really I, love that. Could be yeah, a cult think, of the new situation. Who knows? Yeah, and I think it'll benefit because the Oscars haven't even uh, nominated anybody. Like the nomination process didn't even start yet, so I think people are going right. to catch up to that movie. Whereas the Gold Globes and stuff like that, they probably didn't have the time to really watch it, you know, necessarily. But we'll see. Yeah, like I said, this is a year of a lot of great solid films. I think it's tough to say one should have been in over the other. Kind of surprised Nomadland didn't. Uh, take it considering yeah. it got some solid nominations throughout the evening this evening uh but i can't really get mad if the, like the manx that missed or the Marines that missed or the one night in miami's that missed uh maybe minari would have been the other one that i like if we had maybe seven nominees maybe that would have got in you know like an oscar kind of like slater nominees where it's like seven to eight or whatever but yeah i'm not i'm not mad at what got nominated i can't argue with anything yeah i uh I'm excited to see Soul on the list. I think people love to have their hearts ripped out and 
yeah. shoved back into their chest. At least our audiences do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Pixar, step on my heart, please. Yeah. Pixar, emotionally scar me, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Real surprise, Birds of Prey isn't on that list either. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, was, yeah, Bir- Birds of Prey. I was hoping for, like, Best Picture, that was going to be, like, a sleeper sneak in that it would actually make it on the list. <laughs> yes. Um, I was just reconfirming my tabulations so we didn't have a, uh, a La La Land oh, situation. Because oh, 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 <laughs> I switched up how I tabulated the votes for the other categories and then yeah. I looked at this one and I was like, oh, my voting looks different. Um, but no, no, the votes are there. Uh, yeah, so, like, before we get into the nominations, I, one thing that I'm really interested in hearing about you guys was, like, Promising Young Woman is a very contentious film, right? Yeah. What did you guys think about the ending? Uh, I, I'm interested, right? Because the ending is the polarizing thing for that movie, right? Uh, you know, um, I liked it, but I also didn't like it, if that makes sense, right? I yeah. think that it shows the vulnerability of women, right? Uh, but as well as, like, so I liked that aspect. I thought, like, in a big-budget AAA movie to, again, uh, we already mentioned this, but spoilers, to kill off your main character, right? You know, that's like, imagine watching a revenge film and the person, like, imagine watching Kill Bill and she gets the bill and she dies. Like, he kills her, right? Like, yeah. that's essentially very similar to Promising Young Woman, right? Like, yeah. uh, so, again, a little bit different, but, uh, you know, she passes away, right? They murder her. But then, so I thought that was, um, I thought that was a bit, like, interesting, right? And, like, it plays, right? Screenplay winner, critically important screenplay winner for 2021, right? Yeah. Um, but, like, then the Beyond the Grave stuff was kind of weird to me. Like, the getting the, like, the win, the last laugh type of thing. And I was like, that might be a little too much. Do you think it would have just been better if they, they killed her off and the movie ended there or somewhere around there? I feel like if they killed her off and the movie ended there, it would be a much more accurate sort of allegory yes. for the experience of women who go through that yes. trauma yeah. and try to do something about it. Do you think they were worried about, like, if we killed her off, there would be a lot of complaining from people where it would be like, you know, you had this powerful female character and you killed her off, so then they did the after the Beyond the Grave stuff to have their kicking you too, to where then people could view it as, like, well, she did win in the end. I feel like plebs would complain about that but i think if people were really looking into the statement the movie was trying to make if they killed her off at the end you'd be like yeah that's that's how the world that's a depressing yeah that's a depressing way to end a film but like (laughs) that would be the more ambitious ending right of just like she dies those men get away with it which again unfortunately in the world we live in a lot of times men get away with it yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so then your audience has to sit with that. So yeah, I feel like the yeah. beyond the grave, that last one. Here's an analogy. It'd be like if uh, Uncut Gems, spoilers for people that didn't see Uncut Gems, like if they killed off Adam Sandler, but then after they ran out of the store, they like tripped and got hit by a bus. And the robbers <laughs> got killed too. You know, and, and 
Yeah, uh, yeah, he, yeah, that's part of it, you know, and, like, the money that he won, like, Julia Fox is able to, like, give it to his family and stuff like that, so, like, there's a lot of things that, yeah, exactly, but, like, so it's interesting, right, because, like, I think it was ambitious, and I was, like, you know, again, like I said, you know, on Letterboxd, I think I gave it a three out of five, right, I think it's a good film, uh, and Carrie Mulligan, you know, critically important winner, uh, Carrie, <laughs> Carrie Mulligan was fantastic in the film, it's just, Something about that was a little interesting to me, right? Did it like, make it feel, like, did it make it feel a little cheap to you? Like, they were yeah. trying to make everybody. Yes, and again, shot well. Like, come on, like, um, Angel of the Morning playing as yeah. everybody gets arrested. That ruled, right? Like, that's yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. um, that scene was great. And again, to see those characters get their comeuppance. Yeah. It's always great to see in a film, right? Like, right. you want to see that in a film, right? You want a movie to end that way, right? But, yeah. like, what was she, what type of SMS here's, system was she using? Like, delayed yeah. SMS? Yeah. And here's, here's a, here's a question, too. They obviously made that movie pre-COVID, thinking that it probably wouldn't get much recognition beyond, like, a typical summer movie. If the studio had known that it'd be awards contender, would they have maybe interfered, like studios typically do, and asked for a different ending? Perhaps. I mean, it's hard to know if they would, but I mean, I yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying if that was the if that was Emerald Fennell's stance, you know, if that was if that was yeah. vision, I'm sure since the studio thought it'd be more of a low stakes movie, they'd probably be more inclined to yeah. have, I also her, th- have her vision. You yeah, know? I also think it's interesting because like it's unique how Carrie Mulligan's character arc wasn't rooted in her experience as a rape victim, but pushing for retribution and responsibility for her friend who was abused, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, fun shout out to my boy. You know we love Alfred Merlina in this chat, and he was theoretically like the only good guy in that film. Um, yeah. uh, but, so it's, yeah, so it's just an interesting thing, right? Because, yeah. uh, it's, you know, like I said, a very contentious thing, but one that will be what has been nominated and will continue to be nominated. Right. People really liked that film um, and her performance in it. Um, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with having that gotcha moment at the end. No. It a happier ending. There's nothing wrong with it. But I think like I'm I'm always going to be more of a fan of kind of a cynical ending when you're talking about that type of subject matter, yeah. because it, it forces your audiences who are under the impression that when those things happen, justice prevails. It makes those people sit with the reality of like, actually a lot of the times it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. And you see but that I if, I, if I were a filmmaker, I'd rather have a movie that is polarizing and people are talking about it. than oh, yeah. a movie Where people are just like a general consensus is like, this is a fine movie. It's all right. You know, oh, yeah. people are talking about it, you know, right. And yeah. generating emotion and passion either way. Oh, yeah, my letterbox ratings for all my friends are, like, all over the place, right? Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. it's – it's it, a lot of times, too, when you dissect that movie as a whole, it reminds me of, like, either a Jolly – no, not a Jolly Rancher. That's not good. Um, a, jo- uh, a Gobstopper, like, thing. Um, not that good example, but, like, a Wonder Ball. Remember those? Yeah. yeah. So, like, on the out- – yeah, on the outside, they're really fancy. It has the fancy tinfoil and, like, a chocolate shell. And then you open it up, and it's, like, it kind of deteriorates a little bit, right? Like, from this – the outside of this film, the screenplay, the way it was marketed, the trailer, the, you know, the zaniness to it, like, very well put together. But then as you dive deeper into it, it 
kind of falls apart a little bit for me. Yeah. Um, a choking hazard. Yeah, there you go. Um, but very interesting, and I really wanted to talk about that one. Um, Sound of Metal, just a fantastic film, right? You know, it, yeah. it, a film to me is so powerful when it, um, promotes action and things like that too. And something personally that I started doing after I saw that film was teaching myself ASL. You know, um, right. so that film was like important enough to me, and like I liked the film enough that like, it instilled in me a sense of like, I want to teach myself ASL. So of course, learning a language is incredible and very hard, but like, you know, so I've started, you know, teaching myself and, you know, I've made good strides, but just a fantastic film. We did ASL with each other. I learned that in high school as my foreign language. Um, (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Just absolutely wonderful. And we already talked about Riz Ahmed's performance nominated for best actor tonight. Um, You know, Soul, Jason, talk to me a little bit more about Soul. Um, you know, you really love Soul, so I want to hear your take on it. Because I was like, again, I think Soul is a fine movie. I don't think it is. I don't even think it's the best animated movie of the year. I personally think Wolf Walkers was the best film, yeah. animated film from last year. But I do love, I do like Soul. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen Wolf Walkers, hmm. so that could that could change. Uh, like I said, I, I just, uh, like I said, I'm a big sucker for, uh, I'm just a big sucker for Pixar in general, and again. It's something that the premise could have been really shaky. You know, dude falls through a sewer and dies, and it has creates this different world of souls that go up the escalator, and then they got a harp. You know, it, it yeah. could have easily been convoluted or could have poked so many holes through it. But, you know, Pixar is smart enough to be able to tie everything together and all these different parts, and it all comes together. And, it's it's at the same time different parts not a hard movie to understand which is again when you have so many when you create the kind of world that they created in this sort of fictional heaven afterlife you know that could have been super complicated you know but to their credit like I said it's a very concise universe that they created which I which as a fan of storytelling that I love you know I love worlds like Gotham City or the Star Wars universe where there's all these different elements and things that you can explore characters and buildings and cultures and stuff like that, but they all tie together into a whole and complement mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, anything more that we want to say about any of the nominees, the five bloods we talked about um, a little bit earlier in the film, but I think just a fantastic film. Spike Lee continues to knock it out of the park. I'm glad Netflix gave him some money to make a film like this. Another fantastic track with both yeah. in performance. Um, you know, again, just speaking about something that's very prevalent still today, um, as well as, you know, wonderful performances nominated, uh, critically important nominated Delroy Lindo, uh, you know, and then finally Judas and the Black Messiah. Again, the newest film on this list, uh, I think maybe it falls into a little bit of a cult of the new, like being fresh in people's minds when they were voting. Yeah. Um, but still a very good film, like a very Absolutely. strong film. Yeah. Um, both Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya are just, and Dominique Fishburne, um, nominated actor, yeah. Dominique guess, Fishburne today. Again, the only, actually the only thing I'm kind of surprised about is the fact that Regina King won Best Director and almost all the actors and it got nominated by our voters and One Night Miami didn't get nominated for Best Picture. I guess that's kind of, in hindsight, a little shocking. Um, um, let me double check. Yeah, it, 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 it was there, but it was not one of the nominees. Um, it ended up with, uh, it missed out by, uh, Decent, not too many, but a couple votes it missed out by to jump into the top five. Um, And again, this one was 
pretty close too. People really took a shining um, to the top three um, of these films. Uh, so, um, but yeah, just a wonderful. year for film and that means it is time for the best picture winner Jason hold my hand I'm nervous okay <laughs> the winner of best picture for 2020 and 2020 part of 2021 and the winner of a golden critic Holding up the Golden Critic for everybody listening on audio is The Five Bloods. Ooh, okay. The Five Bloods in 2021. Um, So, yeah, it was like, it was interesting because there was a pretty big gap. Um, Number two was Soul and number three was The Sound of Metal. Uh, So, and uh, there was a pretty big gap between... uh, that actually it was a three-way tie, um, uh, two-way tie between Promising Young Woman and Judas and the Black Messiah. Okay. Um, and then, uh, Sound of Metal had one more vote over those. Then okay. Soul had one more vote over those. And then The Five Bloods had a pretty decent gap above those. Okay. But some other films nominated, Invisible Man, um, nominated. Uh, Tenet was nominated. American Utopia was nominated. Wolf Walkers. Nomadland, um, had a couple votes. Um, a, a couple for, uh, well, one first place vote. Um, not on a lot of critics lists. Uh, When I in Miami had a couple votes. Um, never really, sometimes always had a few votes. A surprise interesting one. On the Rocks snuck in there with a vote. Okay. Uh, a movie we didn't talk about at all tonight. Um, and Mank had a couple of votes. Um, nothing too crazy. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, the critics really took to um, the newest Spike Lee joint, um, which is just absolutely wonderful um, because it was a fantastic film. Uh, it was fantastic. So I, I, guess I will say The Black Klansman is still, uh, like I said, one of my, my favorite Spike Lee films. Oh, um, so I, yeah, I love Spike Lee. I think it's one of those movies like if, if Black Klansman came out in 2020 – It'd be sweeping everything just because of the, the amount of movies that count. That's just my opinion. No, 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 I, no, I, no, I, I love yeah. Black Panther, one of the best films of, that was 2019, 2019. right? 2019, yeah. Yeah, one of the best films of 2019 for sure. I mean, like it's I said. No, 2018, 2018. Okay. Spike yeah, Lee the that, Goat. That was the green book year. That was the green book year. Spike Lee the Goat, you know? Yeah. Um, so real quick before we get out of here, um, just one more time. Um, these are the critically important 2020 slash 2021 second annual critically important award winners for best screenplay, Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Women, which got some love tonight. Best supporting female actor, Maria Bakalova for Borat subsequent movie film. Best supporting actor, Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah. Best Director, Regina King for One Night in Miami. Best Female Actor, Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. Best Male Actor, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Excuse me. And finally, the best movie, The Five Bloods by Spike Lee. Congratulations to all of our nominees and to all of our winners. And, of course to Eugene Levy for being inducted into the Critically Important Hall of Fame. Um, Before we get out of here, I just want to thank 
everybody so much for another fantastic year. Um, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, I know I speak for Jason and Mallory when we say we thank each and every one of our listeners so much. Uh, you know, thank you to all of the quote unquote friends of the show that we were fortunate to get um, to co-host last year. We had a great, a lot of fantastic conversations with a lot of fantastic guest hosts that we hope to have back on the show this year, as well as new guests come on the show. Um, and, uh, you know, really, I just want to thank everybody for, you know, your patronage and, you know, listening to the show. And I thank Mallory and Jason for putting up with me and, you know, getting to talk movies, <laughs> something, something I really love to do. So, um, yeah. Anything that you want to say, Mallory, before we head out? Yes. Well, thank you to all the listeners for supporting us this year. Thank you, Espo, for emceeing tonight. What a tremendous job. Thank you, Jason, for that lovely breakdown of Eugene Levy's career. I just, I was enraptured the entire time. And uh, I try my best. <laughs> and thank you all for the opportunity to dress up this evening for the first time in a long time since I've been in lockdown. <laughs> Absolutely. Jason. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, thank you guys for being such wonderful, awesome co-hosts, uh, as always. Uh, Got to thank the fans and everybody that... Uh, listens to our podcast and listens to us BS and goof around and talk about movies for an hour and a half, two hours every podcast. Uh, thank our voters who took the time out of their schedules to uh, take the time to, to vote for their favorite movies. I know a few of the people that I sent them to live in Texas, so, you know, when it was freezing cold a couple weeks ago, so you know, to, to take the time out of everything that was going on there to, to do that, I want to especially thank them. And yeah, thank, I'm thankful for all the music came out this year, and I'm hoping that this year's slate will be even better, especially with most of the movies that are coming out this year, the ones I was looking forward to last year. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, finally, thank you guys again for listening. Um, please make sure to follow us on all social media channels at CI Movie Podcast on Twitter, um, as well as Facebook. You know, let us know what you thought of the both nominations and the winners um you know after probably maybe like a month or so um we'll have uh you know we'll put the winners list up on social media so you guys can just see the winners but we want to give the the episode of room to breathe so you guys can listen so you don't get you know a sneak peek um but yeah thank you so much for li- uh listening and uh we- i will leave you in with the words of uh one eugene levy uh, who once said, we can't be boning from sunrise to sunset, dear. Oh, you've never tried it? I certainly have. I have. I've boned from sunrise uh, right through brunch on more than one occasion. Beautiful. Lovely. <laughs>